This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to the Business Ease Influencer Marketing Podcast with your hosts, Jamie Lieberman and Danielle Liss. Each week, we will help you unlock the secrets of influencer marketing through interviews with leading professionals and tips and tricks to help you scale your business. Sit back, grab a coffee, and let's talk all things influencer marketing. Hey there, this is Danielle. And this is Jamie. And this is episode seven. Jamie, I'm going to start this one with a question. Uh Are you down with FTC? (laughs) (laughs) Say it. How long have you been waiting to ask that? (laughs) I need you to say it. I'm down with FTC, Danielle. (laughs) No, I need you to say, yeah, you know me. (laughs) I knew you did. (laughs) (laughs) When did you think of that? I, I have to know. Months ago, ah! months. as soon as it went on the calendar, I have been waiting and not telling you. Hello, you everyone. <laughs> I thought we tell each other everything. No, it was good. That was fantastic. You have to keep it fresh with a surprise every now and then. <laughs> Everybody, today's episode is all about the FTC. So we hope you're excited. This is a huge topic. Every time we go to speak, which we have been doing a lot of lately, like we mentioned on episode six. Tell us about the conference that you did, Jamie. I actually just went to speak at the PRSA, Public Relations Society of America, their annual international conference. And it was a completely new conference. I had not been before. Uh, and we, I spoke with Danica from Everywhere Agency, which uh, I'm She's sure- She's amazing. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of you know her. She's awesome. And I was so excited to have the opportunity to speak with her. And we sort of gave two different uh, angles on FTC. It was was a great talk. We had so many questions. When we were done, we actually kept the presentation a little bit shorter, assuming that we would get questions. We spoke for about 30, 35 minutes. We had 30 minutes worth of questions. Amazing. Every hand went up because FTC is confusing and it's hard. You know, it's amazing. I was at Blog Brulee in Vermont recently, which is a different type of conference. It was primarily influencers who were there. And I wonder how much overlap there is. Did you get a lot of questions on things like the sponsored content tools on Instagram and Facebook? Yes. So many people wanted to know about that. A lot of people wanted to understand, you know, how to use hashtags 
people wanted to understand about images and how you deal in that way. There was, we had, I actually, in, in the audience of the conversation, we had a number of organizations that host bloggers. They are, they are destinations that host bloggers doing um, travel and they wanted to understand how that has to be disclosed. Uh, so we had some really great questions. Well, I'm excited because we're going to cover all of that in today's episode. And if anyone has questions, uh, if you're listening to this in a place where you can't take notes, don't worry. We're going to have everything in the show notes, which you can find at businessease.com slash episode seven. Okay. Before we get started and jump in, we're going to take a quick break for a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Hashtag Legal. Hashtag Legal is a full-service law firm specializing in influencer marketing, social media, and service professionals. We offer a wide range of services, contract review and drafting, trademark and copyright registration and monitoring, FTC advice and disclosures, and full site reviews, including drafting site terms and conditions and privacy policies. Check us out at www.hashtag-legal.com. Welcome back. Okay. So first, we want to talk just generally about the FTC because a lot of people, I think, don't understand necessarily what the origins of the guidelines are. They just know that they are there and that they are rules that people have to follow. So the first thing that we want to talk is just a little bit of general information about the FTC, who they are, and why they do what they do. The FTC is the Federal Trade Commission, and they protect consumers. This includes ads, and that, of course, covers sponsored content, which is a type of ad, and that's why it's so important in the influencer marketing space. It's really important that anyone in the influencer marketing space understand that these guidelines apply to everyone. They apply to brands, agencies networks, and influencers. And following these guidelines is particularly important because the fines are steep. And right now, anyone who plays a role in not following those guidelines could be held responsible. So it's really important that you understand the guidelines and know how to follow them so that you don't get into that situation where you get one of the dreaded letters. That's so important, especially what you said about the fines being so steep. One of our clients over at Hashtag Legal got one of those warning letters that everyone heard about. He is on the brand side and he didn't know that he needed to use FTC disclosures. It was a matter of just not knowing the space very well. The fine mentioned in the letter was $45,000. And that's something that we want to make sure people are aware of because that type of fine could bankrupt a lot of small businesses. So it's something we really want people to be aware of. And if you're thinking, oh, I don't need to disclose this, just always kind of have in the back of your mind, is it worth it? To me, it isn't at all. Agreed. And we have a really easy test that you can use when you're crafting your disclosures. I use what I like to call the mom test. And what does that mean? So the mom test is you have to picture my mom, who's definitely not listening because she does not know or understand what a podcast is. So you're safe. You're not going to get punished. I'm not going to get in trouble. She has no idea that I use her. But if you have to picture my mom, she's 70. She has a flip phone that really doesn't even connect to for cellular calls anymore because it's so old, it only gets an analog signal and those don't really exist. (laughs) So my mom, yes, this is a true story. My mom (laughs) is technologically impaired. She does not understand blogs or podcasts or Twitter or Facebook or anything. (laughs) So your test is, 
my mom has to understand that you are in a paid relationship with a brand if you are an influencer. And if you're the brand, the world needs to understand that you've paid the influencer. As long as you are disclosing what the FTC is calling a material connection between the brand and the influencer, as long as my mom would know about that, then you're safe and you probably meet the FTC test, the FTC requirements. The material connection, though, is really important to understand what that means. That could be product. That could be a payment. That could be an affiliate relationship. It could be a coupon code if it would in some way potentially change how you're talking about a product or a brand. So it's really important that whatever you're receiving, something of value, that you disclose that. Another really important aspect to remember is if you work in social media consulting and you're posting about one of your clients, you also need to indicate that you have a material connection there. You've probably seen from some folks who work on the agency side where they'll do hashtag client. People need to know that the reason you're posting about this is because it's one of your clients. And this one comes up a lot, as Jamie mentioned at the start, experiences and hosted events. So experiences, a really good example of that is if you are on a sponsored cruise or a trip on the part of a brand, you need to make sure you're disclosing. And hosted events could be something as simple as you were invited to do a tasting menu at a new restaurant or you were invited to a movie premiere. You still have a material connection there and you are posting as a result of your relationship with the brand. Therefore, you need to have disclosure. So we're going to give you three rules for disclosures. They need to be clear and conspicuous, which is the FTC's actual language. We're going to give you three rules for disclosures. One, it needs to be, the disclosure needs to be clear and conspicuous. The disclosure needs to be in understandable language. That's number two. And the last is you have to be honest in your disclosures. So let's jump into those a little bit more so that people know exactly what the FTC is looking for. So that first piece, the clear and conspicuous aspect, I think that's the one that gets the most attention because it's a lot about how you disclose, where you disclose, where to put it. And that gets a lot of debate because I still see things that say, I put it at the end of my post. Is it okay? Oh, add is like my last hashtag of 30 on Instagram. Is that okay? The first piece of clear and conspicuous is placement. Where do you put your disclosure? And there it needs to be included before the first link or mention of the product that you are in a sponsored relationship with or it, that you have that material connection with. Second is proximity. You need to make sure that it's close to the claims that you're making about the product. Prominence is the next thing that you need to think about for clear and conspicuous. And that just means don't bury your hashtags. You can't have a long string of hashtags and put hashtag ad in the middle and expect people to know that this is sponsored content or there is some kind of relationship. You also can't link to a separate page. Your disclosure has to be close. Like Danielle just talked about, the placement and proximity is important, which means a link saying, here, check out my disclosure policy on a whole other page. That doesn't work either. And finally, the last is presentation. Going back to that mom test, it has to be easily understood. The average person reading it needs to understand that there is a relationship between you and the brand or in the case of a brand or an agency that you've, there's a relationship between you and the influencer. The next part of the FTC's rule is understandable language. You need to make sure that you are using an appropriate form. And here's the thing that I think gets a lot of people confused. Appropriate disclosure can take a lot of different forms. So if you want to use hashtags, 
you can absolutely do it. Just look to the FTC for guidance for what they've approved. Okay, our sponsored ad, or I always say XX partner now, but that essentially means your brand's name partner, all in one hashtag. What's not okay is hashtag SP, hashtag spawn, hashtag partner, hashtag, hashtag ambassador, hashtag hosted. Those aren't okay. And the FTC has said those aren't okay because the average person may not know what that means. But the important thing to remember is you don't have to use hashtag ad or hashtag sponsor. The FTC has said that those are acceptable ways to disclose, particularly when you're constrained in a space like Twitter with where you have so few characters that you can use. Hashtag ad is frequently the easiest way to do that. But you don't have to use those. You can use natural language um, instead of more formal disclosures. Do you have a good example of what natural language might sound like? Because I think some people think that that sounds a little bit daunting when they hear it and they're like, if I don't know the hashtags or the more formal language, what does natural language sound like? I have received this product from this brand is <laughs> a perfect way. I think another good one that I've seen is I am excited to be working with this brand on a new campaign to tell you about their new program for this wonderful new product. And you start talking about it. I think there's so many different ways to do it where you can weave it into your actual storytelling. And when you're doing that, and I, I love to read sponsored content that is kind of part of a story that feels like the person whose blog I'm reading would really be doing this. And so the last rule that we really like to tell people is to just be honest. Don't try to hide it. Don't be embarrassed about it. It's okay. It's a part of the way that you make money and that you're able to bring your blog to people. And if you're a brand or an agency, don't ask influencers to hide the material connection. A lot of times we've seen this and influencers are starting to push back. And for influencers, it's okay to push back. You shouldn't be accepting opportunities if someone doesn't want you to disclose. That should be a really big red flag for you. And just like the client that we talked about a little bit earlier who received the letter because he didn't know he needed to disclose, that's an education opportunity for you to help the brands that you're working with. There may be a situation where they truly don't know that disclosure is something that's required if they're new to the space. So make sure that you are giving them that information if you need to. The other piece that we want to say for if you are an influencer, make sure you're disclosing how your brands are asking you to disclose. So they may be asking you for things for quality control, or it might be a request from their legal team. So if they say you have to use hashtag ad, use it. If they require specific language in your blog posts, make sure you include that too. These are often just so that they can show this has been done, this has been done without having to go through and search for natural language disclosures. And if you don't get those specific languages, because we see them in some influencer contracts and in others, we just see sort of a generic clause that says, as the influencer, you're required to um, utilize proper FTC disclosures. So if you're writing a blog post, you can use a formal disclosure or you can use natural language. Just make sure that it appears before the first link that you'd be able to click, that a reader would be able to click to take them away from your blog post. So you need to make sure that your disclosure happens before anyone's able to leave the page. Image disclosures, also okay. 
they are great and can completely be used. Just put them up top so that people see them, readers see them when they're coming to your page. And we can include a link to what an image disclosure can look like. I There's a few blog posts that come to mind with folks who do those so that people can actually get a visual example of how that can look. Because I think a lot of times I'm a big fan of those image disclosures. I think they look really nice. I like them too. And I, I've also heard people say that it, it helps. It doesn't mess up SEO um, and things like that. So image disclosures are great. So let's run through some of the social media platforms, because I know we get a lot of questions there about if I'm on this channel, how do I disclose properly? So let's run through a few of these. Uh, We talked about blog posts. Next, let's talk about Twitter. On Twitter, you have a space constraint. So in those cases, it's probably going to make the most sense to use hashtag ad or hashtag sponsored. You can still use natural language. Again, if your brand is allowing you to do so, just make sure you're saying for the sponsored campaign and then go into your your message. But in that case, hashtag ad often is the, the best way to go. Pinterest, if you have a pin that uh, comes from a sponsored a sponsored blog post, or even it's just a sponsored pin in of itself, you have to make sure that you disclose that that pin is sponsored. Uh, You have to make sure it's either on the image or close to the image, but you need to make sure that that image, it is disclosed and the disclosure stays with the image. Now we're going to talk about Facebook and Instagram. And these two have a lot of questions right now because of the paid content tool. So we are going to get into that. First, let's talk about the most simple piece, which would be a generic Facebook post make sure you are disclosing. And that, since you don't have a space constraint, you can go natural language if that makes sense, or you can say ad or sponsored. Just make sure it's something that is going to be visible and people don't have to click to read more. Make sure that it's prominent and near the claim so that people know. One thing that's really important, the FTC and the recently did a Twitter chat, which you can search using hashtag influencers 101. You can see a lot of the great information that the FTC gave. One thing that the FTC did say is with the new paid tools, the handshakes, that is not enough. You still need to disclose. So the handshake, not enough. Make sure you have your disclosures. For things like Insta stories, make sure that you're disclosing on every single image. That's really important and it needs to be on the image because there's nowhere else to put it. On Facebook, you need to make sure you're disclosing within the first three lines. Same with Instagram. You can't bury the hashtag. So I frequently see, you know, one or two lines and then a whole bunch of dashes and then a paragraph's worth of hashtags. (laughs) That doesn't fly. That's not, that doesn't work. Nobody is reading that and they'll never know that that's sponsored content. Of course, one of the biggest things that I think is out there for influencers right now are is video content, both on Facebook and on Instagram. If you are posting a video, especially for our food bloggers out there who are doing the tasty style videos, make sure you're disclosing within the video. A really good example of how this can be done, it's just, it's done really well and it looks nice, is Pinch of Yum on their recipe videos. Just find them on Instagram. First of all, their recipes are fantastic, but also the way that they do their disclosure, they essentially have a ribbon that drops down. So it shows you the sponsor information and it just looks like it's a very natural, organic piece of the video. Those videos are mesmerizing. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I watch I love- them all the time and everybody knows I can't cook. I do, and I save them. I Me just, too. I love seeing them. It's just, it's also creative. And I'm like, I did not think that you could make chili with pumpkin in it. (laughs) 
go figure. I will never be doing that because I neither it would, will it I. would taste horrible. I'm mm-hmm. sure it tastes amazing, but I can't ever, I can't do that. The last thing is Snapchat, which is very similar, obviously, to Insta stories. You just make sure need to make sure you're disclosing on all of your images. So I think the common theme here is the disclosure just has to be obvious. I need to know it. You can do it in a really creative and a cool way, but my mom needs to know that there is some kind of relationship between an influencer and a brand. If you have any more questions or you want to know something, a specific situation that you've encountered in terms of disclosure, feel free to come find us in the Businesses HQ, which is businesses.com slash HQ. And we're happy to answer questions that you may have there. And if you have any amazing recipes that we can watch, we, we'd like to see those too. <laughs> we would. I really like food videos. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Businesses Influencer Marketing Podcast. Please subscribe if you haven't already. If you like the podcast, we'd love if you give us a review in Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Your reviews help new listeners find us. If you have any questions, you can email us at questions at We'd really love to hang out with you on our Facebook group, The Businesses HQ. To join, visit businesses.com slash HQ. We want to give a big thank you to our producer, Don Jackson of the Raven Media Group, for making us sound so very good. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you again next week. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.